just before Christmas, just the Dash of Texas Women's Houston Soccer Podcast. I am Theodore Hughes, and as always, not always from Colombia, but always with me. <laughs> I am with Laura Gomez. Laura, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to have my Houston Dash podcast with Theo once again from Medellin, Colombia. So if you guys hear more noise than usual that is medellin's background i can't control it i can't tell him to hush so enjoy it as as our white noise background it's going to be a short but sweet podcast uh laura has um just got married she's been glamping she's been drinking the best <laughs> coffee in the world she told me mm-hmm. out in colombia so i want to hear a couple a couple of feelings from colombia and then we'll talk about the football and oh, congratulations again laura thank merry you, christmas lots so of love much. to the fam Yes, it's been a whirlwind of emotions. The, the days seem short and then long. <laughs> so it's been it's been fun. I've been, you know, high on caffeine since I landed because just every stop that you go to is like coffee amazing amazing. It's like every coffee it's like gets better and better. So if you ever get a chance and you're addicted to coffee as myself, I really do recommend coming to Colombia for sure. So it's just been crazy. I'm still trying to kind of settle in again. And in a couple of days, I'll be flying back to Houston. So I'm just trying to enjoy my family. Um, I'll be here for Christmas and then jetting on my way to Houston. But I hear that you're leaving. So I'm landing and you're leaving. One in, one out. That's the rules. Can't have both of us uh, in the the United States at the same time. Uh, More on that later. I will be in England for Christmas if uh, if I can. I got got a PCR test in a few hours. So I got to get tested a few times. But maybe maybe I'll get out of the country. We'll see. Yes. Getting back back to the football, though. um, Do uh, obviously we're brought to you by the Striker Texas. Go subscribe, become a part of the community. Uh, I put up a lot of pieces over the weekend following the end of the draft, the expansion draft, and the college draft. Uh, We got some quotes, uh, chat to James Clarkson on the weekend. We got some quotes from him, and I did some analysis of all that. You can go and find that piece, what we learned from the Houston Dash drafts, trades, and signings on the website. Go in there for all your good quotes and analysis. Laura and I will be discussing some stuff, but yeah. Like I said, subscribe. Um, it keeps us talking about the Houston Dash, and, and we really feel like we we give the Dash more spotlight and more in-depth coverage than anyone else, and we're really proud of that, and that's why we, we love to do what we do. So, yeah, come and join the community. So without further ado, I'll do a quick roundup of what happened, which was a lot of news, Lara. Oh, uh, yes. What a week. And uh, and then we'll kind of pick out some of the stuff that we think is interesting or, or what, what, what Dash fans should look forward to as we move into 2022. So it all started on the expansion draft, which was uh, just over a week ago, or just under a week ago. Uh, Jasmine Spencer was selected by Angel City. Really mm-hmm. sad to see her go. We both talked about how much we think her leadership is very valuable at the club. And we also saw Christy Mewis leave, which was kind of expected after we saw her not on the protection list. But it, it did go down in, in quite an interesting way where San Diego selected her and then immediately traded her for $200,000 to Gotham Shooketh FC. Uh, Lara will be maybe happy about that because her second team, Gotham, gets to play with Christy yep. Mewis next year. Uh, we'll talk about that in a sec. Scary um, team, that's it. I'm just saying scary team because they have stacked up crazy but go on. We'll talk about the fear that we have now. The fear. We'll talk about the fear. Uh, I talked to James about that decision. How come the Dash couldn't get a trade done? Stuff like that. You can go and find that in the piece about what happened there. Moving into the college draft. So even before the college draft began, the Dash were trading picks left, right and center. And you'll see in pieces I'd read or uh, sorry, pieces I'd written already leading up to the college draft that the Dash have a tendency to trade out of the first round. This is actually the, the fourth time in a row James Clarkson's done this. 
he clearly doesn't see first round picks as, as a valuable way to get talent. He wants to try and find rough diamonds, either on other people's squads or lower down the draft. And he did that again. So he, he flipped a couple second round picks for Kelsey Hedge from the OL Reign and Julian Ashley from Racing Louisville, a, a midfielder and defender respectively. We don't really know too much about those players. They're both kind of players who've had injuries. They're players who were very well thought of when they came out of college, but they haven't really done it in the NWSL. So it's going to be interesting to see how the dash can turn these kind of players that have something to prove into, into squad players. Julian Ashley, especially, it should be said, is a defender, can play right back, left back, centre back, and the dash need that as the defence looks to looks to be a little bit thin. With the only college pick they had, they did uh, pick Ryan Garris. Uh, she is a forward. She can play out wide. Maybe she's going to be the person to replace Jasmine Spencer and Christy Mewis. Um, the other big news after the college draft had concluded was that Paulina uh, Gramaglia from Argentina, 18 years old uh, from Buenos Aires, she is going to be joining the Houston Dash on loan for the 2022 season. Really exciting that. I think it shows forefront uh, the dash to be on the forefront of scouting south american scouting getting in young players teenagers this is a whole new world for the houston dash and that's really exciting so that's something to look forward to and then the the, the final bit of news which only dropped today is that the dash have traded a third round pick in next year's draft for uh the ol rain keeper ella de derrick uh, she is going to become possibly the second or third goalkeeper on the roster after Amanda Dennis retired. Jane Campbell's been given a new contract, so we know she'll be the number one. But Lindsay Harris is yet to re-sign, and we're not really sure who's going to be the number two goalkeeper. So it looks like it might be Ella de Derrick looking at that trade today. And of course, Alara, we can also touch on the Liga Emeki's Feminil final, where Readas beat Tigres on penalties. Maria Sanchez's last ever game for Tigres, that will go down as a grand final loss. Uh, Maria today... Um, read an, a beautiful letter uh, to the Tigres fans about her time there, what it means. And maybe that's where uh, I'll open it up to you, Lara, if you want to talk a little bit about um, Maria's feelings in that and, 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 and the news that Maria has said goodbye to Monterey. I mean, it's kind of what we expected. We were kind of guessing here and there. And still, I mean, it's almost everything and anything but confirmed. But basically it is that she's coming to the dash. So even more so with her goodbye, which was a almost four, four and a half minute long um, letter, obviously with amazing effects because Theodos has an amazing uh, team of visual effects for sure. Um, and where she basically kind of, you know, thanked the, the fans for always supporting her, for screaming, you know, her goals, her assists. Um, even when she decided to accomplish one of her goals, which was singing, they were also there to back her up. So it was a very emotional, very thankful um, letter from Maria to the fans and basically saying, you know, goodbye. She doesn't really point to where she's going, but we're, we're guessing that's going to be Houston. So it's, it's just, it's really exciting to see the moves that the Dash has done. Obviously, I know that there's a lot of sentiment of loss uh, for Mewis, how you mentioned. A lot of people are not happy about it because she, you know, she has been essential for so many, so many seasons already. And it's, it's, it's hard to really think of the Dash without her because she has been there for a while. And, um, and some people even feel kind of... Um, gutted in a sense because you know back again in, in the U.S. national team um, you know getting into that rhythm of being you know a national player and then you know once again you know leaving um, 
because it's happened before a lot of the u.s players have stayed in the dash and then once they start getting you know picked or etc and stuff like that they end up leaving to another team so it's kind of like flashbacks and not so much positive so for a lot of long-term fans um but i think that the picks up until now have been good and i think that um you know change is needed and obviously a change was needed for the dash because they were not able to make it to the playoffs even though they had a good season good wins you know a lot of historic records etc etc but they really did not accomplish what they were set out for they were so close almost there and that's what I felt last season was, you know, so close, yet you missed it. So hopefully with these changes and when the that we know of right now and the ones that are yet to come, um, they will make the playoffs for the first time. And it's something that, you know, change is needed for, you know, for things like that to happen. Two things on Maria, and it ties into what you're saying about Christy as well, that one, can Maria Sanchez essentially replace Christy Mewis? And, and I don't know, they're not necessarily the same player, but... In, in regards to what you're talking about in contributions, goal contributions, assists, uh, leadership, being a star player, being a player that says, hey, give me the ball. I think the dash, you know, we've seen how aggressive they can be. We know they can tackle. We know they can press high. We know they can win headers and do well on, on corner kicks. But who is going to take those corner kicks and who is going to want the ball and be a confidence player? You know, I'm asking you, can, can Maria replace Christy in that respect? And then the second thing on Maria is, can dash fans live up to what the... Tigres fans have given her. I, I, watching that video today I and, and watching the final on Monday night, you know, 40,000 fans at that screaming. And she said, you know, thank you so much for screaming when I scored goals. Like, how do you feel? Is there a bit of pressure now on Houston to kind of show up for Maria? I mean, going to your first answer, will she be the replacement for her? I mean, I think that's why she's being brought here. I think that she does have the leadership skill. She's very communicative, like communicative, like she she expresses herself. She has a good numbers and assists. She has good, good numbers and in, in goals. And I feel like she is that player that could potentially grow um, to the level and maybe even surpass Mewis. I feel like that, you know, Christy is a little bit more advanced and a lot of technical and things like that, but because she does have more, you know, games under her, she does have more experience in that sense. But I feel like the potential that Maria has not only to be a leader within the pitch, but also outside of it is, is, is enormous. And the connection that she had with the fans, not only Tigre fans, but also Mexican and, you know, Latinas in general, Latinos in general, I think that it was something positive that was seen in such a short time. So just imagine what could happen with the long term. So I think that's one of the things that she's also going to help to really, uh, I want to say, like, really make the dash Houston connection to the fans even stronger. That, that you know, we do know that Houston is one of the most diverse, the most diversity in the United States. And it does have, you know, a variety of, of Latinos, but the ones that are, you know, most have more numbers are Mexicans, obviously because of the uh, proximity of the country. Um, but I think that Tigres has surpassed that because Tigres has fans in, I want to say Argentina, Tigres has fans. I want to say they also have like, like a, like a small group in Colombia, I think. And in I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I can't remember. And in, in the United States, yeah. Exactly. So I know for sure that the love is there. And I feel like myself, even, you know, like with my family, I'm like, oh, look, there's a Latina playing. We have to support her. She's on the dash, blah, blah, blah. And it's just an extra oomph to really follow that player. Now, going into <clears throat> what you just mentioned, I think it's going to be a huge adjustment for Maria Sanchez because she is used to playing in the sold out stadium that is huge, that, you know, trembles with all the fans that are inside. 
that's not the case currently what we saw last season. I've seen an improvement of Dash fans going to see the Dash within the last you know seasons, but it still has a lot of work to do to get to the level of Tigres or even of Monterrey or even of you know Thorns or you know different other other teams in in the NWSL. And I think with that, she will bring a lot of people into the stand. So that would be something positive. But also the results have to be there for people to also want to go. So I think that it's just, it's one of those things that if this doesn't work out, the other one might have an effect that's different. And it's just a circle that everything kind of has to run smoothly for things to really work out in all the ends. So I think it's an adjustment for her. And I feel like the Dash fans, you know, really need to show up. And I know know there's a bit, there's a small group that is very loyal. And I feel like they can kind of help in bring in the new fans to kind of create that bigger, stronger fan base. Yeah, and then and kind of on the pitch, obviously Paulina Gramaglia from um, Argentina comes in, Spanish-speaking, South American. You have to hope Maria is going to be huge for her, her confidence, her integration in the team. I know Katie Norton uh, is fluent in Spanish and has been making a big effort when Maria was last here in June 2021. Um, so you're going to see that, that that community and the players kind of pick up and, and who's looking out for each other. And I think seeing Maria come as you know a player in her prime from Central America, from Mexico, who's won a championship, went to the final of another one, is is kind of leading that national team. I think that's huge for for the Argentinian teenager as well. I think you kind of see those two things come together. And I think, like I teased kind of in the intro, how do you feel about the dash maybe being different to every other NWSL team? Scouting in Mexico, scouting in South America, wanting to bring in players from these leagues rather than, say, Europe or, or, or you know, a U.S. college. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think that it's good because the more, you know, soccer grows in, in Southern American countries and Central American countries, the more I think we'll see players eventually want to get to the NWSL because, right, you know, the, like let's say the Colombian League isn't as strong as the Mexican League. I feel like the Mexican League has grown tremendously in the last, you know, two years. The Colombian League, I feel like it's still, the, the, the women's league, I still feel like it's it's behind in some things. They have made major strides with you know large teams like Atletico Nacional which is from Medellin for the women and the men to have the same facilities the the same jerseys the same everything so I feel like that is something that's getting to the point to really bring up the level of the of the teams itself here and once the level gets better I'm sure that the players as a player where do you want to go where the level is better so right now the NWSL is very attractive not only you know you get paid in dollars it's getting paid better than before. So before, like they weren't getting paid as much. So they would want to go to Europe to get paid in euros. But the US, you know, the NW still has made changes to not as much as we hope, as, as fast as we hope, but they are making changes to the salary adjustments of the players. And that is attractive to other players from other countries. And I feel like we're going to be seeing more countries want to send their players out there. And I think that the Dash is taking that lead on that. And I think that's amazing. Obviously, the Dash cashed a lot of money from from the Christy Mewis trade and trading out of the first round. We talked about how they obviously aren't looking to bring in top college players. They're looking at, at, you know, outside the box, so to speak. Laura, now we have more of an idea of what the 2022 team will look like. Do you think there's anything they're still missing? Do you look at the team and go, okay, maybe if they could bring in this type of player or spend some money here, what would you say it is? I mean, I really want to, the last few days I have been really checking out, like, 
the different plays from different, you know, players and see where they can fit in, what they can do for the team. You know, I was looking into um, uh, Ryan, who was one of the ones I brought in and looking at her records and just seeing how she really look at her Instagram, her interaction, um, some of the plays she has. She seems very vivacious. I think that she's going to fit into the dash perfectly. She's very into like fashion and things like that. So and when I'm talking about how she's going to fit in, I know that I'm not talking about the, the numbers that she has, but also the in the culture. vibe, because the, the culture, exactly. And it sounds, you know, it might sound something that's not essential, but it's something that the Dash has worked very hard to create. And I think that they also tend to look at those players that they feel that will feel welcomed and safe and good at, you know, at the culture they have created. So I was looking at Ryan and some of her numbers, and I think that she has really good potential. I feel like she'll be a really good asset, but I do have to look at the other ones a little bit further because I, a lot of the information isn't as available as perhaps as with Ryan. So I, I want to come back and answer that question fully. I want to say in the next few weeks when we get more information and perhaps look at more highlight videos from the rest of the, of the players that were also brought in. Um, so I can't really say oh, this is where I think that we, we need to do this or do that with cash. I mean, I think that with the announcement that they gave today with, you know, the the new um, goalie, I think that kind of sets you up to have three goalies, although the other one hasn't really been signed. So that's kind of like, we'll see what happens. I think that that question will be better answered once we know what's settled in and say, hey, this is what I think is missing prior to the initiation of, of the season. That's completely fair. And it is hard to know right now, like like you said, when we don't know much about these players to know what's, you know, how much mm -hmm. they're going to play, how good they're going to be. I think it's fair to say we can understand Maria because she's been here. We've been watching Tigres, but it is harder with, with some of these other players. Um, going on culture, though, because I'm glad you brought that up. I think we both were worried about the cultural loss, the leadership, the glue, having experience in the team. Um, I know that the Dash didn't draft any college players, but all these players are young. You know, Ryan, like you said, coming out of college is 23. Julia Ashley, I think, is 25. Kelsey Hedge is 25. So they're all younger players, even if we're not getting too many rookies. Losing Jasmine Spencer, how much of a loss do you think that is? She also is on the board. I think I think it goes, there is something to be said that she's on the board of the Black Women's Player Collective. So is Jamia Fields. Jamia Fields was cut earlier on in the season. Christy Muris was actually on the ally section of the Black Women's Player Collective. So I think you're seeing a big a big amount of black players leave leave the squad, black players with a voice around the league. And in Christy Mewis, maybe someone who was a white player that was kind of bridging the gap. Talking about it. And so I think losing Jasmine for me is a big loss as well, both what she did off the pitch and what she did on the pitch, the games like the OL Reign game where she scored that phenomenal goal and gave the Dash fans a moment. Um, I, I think she was almost as big a loss as Christy Mewis, even if she's not been at the club as long. Yeah, I agree with that because, you know, when we had that uh, conversation with her in one of the podcasts, you, you really, you know, tell that she's been through a lot. She has a lot of a lot of experience on and off the pitch. She really knows what matters and she has more goals than just, you know, being a good soccer player, you know, really making a difference in whatever club she's in and making a difference in the NWSL for future, but she's still trying to make a difference for other players that are, you know, oncoming and, and, and especially players of color. So it is, it is something that's interesting, but I feel like even though some of the players are gone, I feel that 
what has been built is still strong enough to make the players of color feel comfortable to really speak out and say this is this and this is that so i feel like the dash also has allies within no and i think you're right and that's why i bring it up because i think it is it is just like how you replace christy muis you know somebody's been at the club five years and knows how things roll in houston jazz spencer was a huge part of that attack during the summer when we lost michelle prince she became a big part of that and she really helped show players i've been in the league 10 years i know how things work i know how to speak up about social justice and race and i think it is a challenge now for the younger players like you said to find their voice and i, I agree with you i hope i think i believe they can i just think that's going to be a kind of a, a narrative we'll be watching in 2022 is, is who steps into those leadership roles both be it race social justice on the pitch stuff it's it's all kind of it's all it's all part of the game you know what i mean it's all it's all something and i think you know like you were saying about you know the the culture of houston and and mexican americans or, or latin americans it's, i think that's huge to have maria in, in, in that aspect as well yeah and i think that also with what was lived in the last season with you know all, all the everything that was really exposed after so many years I feel like players are now more than ready to really speak. And, and they know that in a a sort of sense, they know that, you know, the media is also an ally. And I feel like if anything, um, I'm sure that the the players will turn to hopefully us because they know that we've been there thick and through thick and thin. If anything really is, you know, outrageously, um, you know, tainted with injustice, which, you know, happened that we, that we saw so often last season. And I feel like the NWSL itself needs to make changes for, you know, things like that not to happen again or take so long to come out to light and really, um, you know, not let coaches that did what they did continue to coach in different teams, but to really be out of the NWSL. So I feel like last season was a big learning curve for many and, you know, even players, um, and also clubs and just the league itself to really know, you know, this is wrong and this is what it needs to be. So I just feel like it's a, it's, it's, it's a movement. I feel like things can only get better from now. Things can only get better. Well, as we look ahead to, to uh, 2022, Lara, let's close up by talking about, they did release a little bit of the 2022 schedule. It's going to be 28 games with six Challenge Cup games, which is two more than last year. So that means there's going to be two less regular season games. It's going to be a 22-game regular season. So you play every team twice, home and away, and then a six-game Challenge Cup streak to open the season. We don't have a, a full schedule yet, but we do know the season will start on the 19th of March with a Challenge cup and the challenge cup will end on the 7th of may and then the nwsl championship final will be on october 28th lara how do you feel about the the schedule or the not quite the schedule the 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 calendar reveal outline um i think it's good i think that you know they were talking about making adjustments and trying to really play two um two different championships, which, which is something that a lot of the leagues do. The guy makes does it the men's side. Um, I know the Colombian league also does it. Um, so they're playing two championships basically uh, within the year. So I think that's something positive because it's, it's really showing that there is interest out there for women's teams to really be in different championships and just not the NWSL one, but also the, the other one. So I think it's interesting. Hopefully we'll see how it works out. Um, and I'm, I'm game for it. I mean, I'm, I'm game. I really want to see what, you know, what the struggle is for the players and see how tired they are just to really see how it affects them or to see 
um, if they feel more comfortable playing this year and just kind of seeing, I think it's like a guessing game. Um, I know that last year was played to also played, but it was just a little different. So, and I'm pretty sure there's gonna be like a third cup too. This year there was, what was it? The women's international. The women's international cup. Will be, cup. Yeah. That'll be coming back, but I don't think it'll be involved in the dash. It'll be, it'll be uh, the Washington <laughs> spirit probably. Yeah. Yeah. In general. Yeah. In general for just, you know, for, teams from the NWSL to be involved I think I think it's something positive I don't know what your your take would be on that yeah I mean uh, I spoke to Clarkson about it on Saturday and I, I agree with him I think the the home and away balance schedule is really cool so you play you know everyone has the same slate 22 22 matches 11 home 11 away that's that's great I think that's a big 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 plus I do think like you said we don't really know what FIFA windows are going to look like. European Championships, Rachel Daly's going to be in England for a long time. A lot of the US players, Canadian players, Mexican players, Jamaican players, they'll be all busy. So I think it's hard to really feel confident about an NWSL year in 2022 when you know there's going to be a lot of international breaks. Um, but it's 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 a start. It's a start. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah, once the full schedule is out uh, i would say okay well this is gonna work out or this is not gonna work out exactly um well without further ado laura have you got any final christmas end of year messages for the listeners before we no, get out? you know i just want to say stay safe i know that you know there's an uptake with the whole virus again in the u.s and i'm pretty sure it's going to be here eventually so, you know, just try to really enjoy your family, try to do what is the safest for you and your loved ones. Um, you know, have an amazing Christmas um, days because, you know, Colombia will start celebrating on the 24th. So and we don't stop until like the 6th of January. So do not that stop. Said. Love that. <laughs> Unstoppable Christmas. Unstoppable. Exactly. I mean, Laura really did say it best there. Lots of love, listeners. Stay safe. Obviously, it's it's as much of a time for celebrating and being with family as as kind of breathing, deep breaths, calm, try and get through the anxiety of what's going on in the world right now. I know. I I think I've been finding myself being overly emotional and anxious these past few days, but that's probably just because uh, the NWSL trade window and draft was so chaotic. I was <laughs> not remotely prepared for last weekend um yeah i would say go and watch maria sanchez's goodbye video that's a good tearjerker uh, family movie everyone can everyone can enjoy um, and get ready for maria 2022 that's definitely the most exciting thing for houston women's soccer fans well without further ado laura merry christmas and uh safe travels back and lots of love to everyone in Colombia. yes bye adios